Good morning and welcome to episode 1360 of Effectively Wild, the baseball podcast from Fangraphs.com, brought to you by our Patreon supporters. I'm Sam Miller of ESPN, along with the whole gang, Meg Rowley from Fangraphs and Ben Lindbergh of The Ringer. Hey folks. Hello. Hello. How are you both doing? Well, good. You're both here because we're going to do a draft, uh, a, a long draft. So it might be a good idea to keep banter to a minimum, particularly because this draft will provide lots of opportunity for banter. So if you wanted to, for instance, banter about Chris Davis, well, I guarantee you we're going to be talking about the Orioles at some point in this draft and whether Chris Davis is soul-crushingly depressing right now. But that said, uh, do you do you have anything that simply must be said? Well, I just wanted to point out that, as you note, another hitless day for Chris Davis, another outless appearance for Trevor Rosenthal, and another home run for Mike Trout. And so if we look at the Fangraphs live leaderboard for right now, we see that Mike Trout is leading all other baseball players in wins above replacement. And I wonder whether we have to revisit our podcast maxim that stats become real, that we can start trusting them when Mike Trout is the MLB war leader, because I think Mike Trout has gotten too good for that to be true. <laughs> he's just, uh, he's the, the MLB war leader now on, well, the end of April 7th. And it is obviously too soon to trust other players' stats. So what do we do about this? Perhaps we could introduce a, a caveat, which is that, yes, he is. He, he is right there in the leaderboard, but perhaps he needs to also not share our most searched players list with the likes of, say, Tim Beckham or, <laughs> um, you know, Chris Davis uh, or even Dansby Swanson. Sorry, Dansby. Think you got to go. So mm-hmm. maybe there are conditions to his um, his arrival while the rest of the, the goofiness sorts itself out. Yeah. I personally would say that it is uh, not too early. The, the maxim is true. The maxim holds. The main thing is that I was always more about trying to say something about Mike Trout than trying to say something about the stats. So mm-hmm. I still think we can indulge. Yeah, it feels like he's gotten better again. I'm sure we'll have time to talk about that some other time. But it feels this, like we're in this very episode. In, fact. <laughs> okay. in all likelihood, yeah. It feels like about time to write the annual Mike Trout is better again article. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see. Yeah, writes it first. All right. Real quick, the L Russell email address ad. Uh, we got yes. a few, we got a uh, we did get a few people who uh, replied with very satisfying explanations for why this ad exists in the format it does. Uh, and so I'm just going to pick one of the responses from Rob, who says, "I think the radio spot you played in Thursday's episode was a program electronic review management radio ad. If a U.S. employer wants to hire a foreign worker for a given position, it must prove that doing so would not effectively take a job opportunity from a U.S. citizen. PERM program electronic is essentially a shorthand for this process. The employer certifies that it has tried without success." To hire a U.S. worker for the position in question, among other requirements, the employer must advertise for the position in a variety of outlets. The process is criticized for being pro forma. It is thought that some employers game the system by placing ads that are extremely unlikely, for one reason or another, to attract a significant number of applicants. So some people suggested that this uh, ad could be intentionally opaque or difficult to follow. Some suggested that it's simply uh, an ad that nobody really cared about, and so therefore it it was sloppy 
sloppily done and, and nobody minded if it was difficult or perhaps something in between. I think that uh, seems very reasonable, quite possibly, maybe true, who knows, but I'm certainly accepting this explanation. And I don't know whether it makes it more fun or less fun to think of this as, as that, but I, I feel like we have to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think it made it a little less fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of... <laughs> I enjoyed thinking that it was just a really incompetently produced ad and that they just didn't realize how impossible it was to contact this address. If it's actually this nefarious attempt to skirt regulations and and exclude some people from applying, that is a, a little less fun. But, a little less oh well. fun, but also to think that this is someone's job was to conjure up L. Russell <laughs> And all the circumstances by which they could create this email address for him. And I don't know. I mean, I like to hear about people's jobs. And this is a person who I'd love to meet at a party and ask about their job. Not not L. Russell, but the creator of the L. Russell email address. Certainly better than the suggestion we received that this was um, some nefarious, shadowy criminal organization activating a sleeper cell. <laughs> right. So Multiple I like it, people suggested yeah. that. <laughs> so I like it better than that explanation, which sounds very scary. No. Uh, maybe uh, maybe yeah. L. Russell will email us and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So the draft that we're doing today is uh, all 30 teams drafted by how fun they are. Uh, this is inspired by the twins email question that we answered last week, which was... Are the twins suddenly fun? I think we could all agree that for a long time, unless you were really interested in the twins, they weren't a particularly fun team. They were sort of notably unfun, notably blah, but they have arguably become fun. We will find out just how fun when when we draft them at some point in this draft. But we're just going to go around and everybody is going to get to draft whoever they think is the best, most fun, sorry, most fun team still on the board so specifically not the best you can be fun and bad you can be boring and good uh each of us will have our own definition of fun and we'll probably get into that uh expose some of our biases learn in fact i would say learn some of our own biases that we didn't even know we had and uh and get through all 30 teams i would maybe suggest that we pick the team and then uh while when we pick the team also maybe name the player that first comes to mind to you as as the fun player on the team or a player you particularly think is fun or who you think of first as fun, if if that works. Okay. Sure. Yeah. In some cases, I won't be picking teams primarily because of the players on them, though. Sure. But You can say, but- yeah, I guess you could say whatever you find fun about them. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, um, so let's do that. I've got mine all ordered. So whenever you guys pick a team, <laughs> I'm probably going to tell you where they were on mine. Yeah, okay. I have mine all ordered also. All right. I don't. I'm I'm the least prepared for this draft. Yeah, but you probably talked to some scouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just ran out of time. I plan to rank them all, but I'm just yeah. going to be winging this thing. You got your baseball reference to run you a, a, a query <laughs> to order them somehow. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, well, Ben, why don't you uh, why don't you lead off? Okay. Well, I think I will actually take the Angels as my most wow. fun team. Wow. Not yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, that was not. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think I will. And uh, that is primarily because Mike Trout is the most fun player, I think. And secondarily, because Shohei Otani is the second most fun player. And they're both on this team. Andrelton Simmons is also on this team. And I find him very fun. Last year, the Angels were absolutely bar none the team that I watched the most. They were my go-to MLB TV team. Less so as the season went on because Otani got hurt and the Angels just fell out of it. But 
because of Trout and Otani and because they're moderately competitive. They're like one of the few AL teams that are kind of on the bubble somewhere. Like if I had to dispense with a a whole team i think it would pain me the most not Mm. to know what some players on the angels were doing and that is that's how i think of it like trout to me well well phrased (laughs) very narrowly defined (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean that's that's like there's potential for the angels to be a just an interesting team and to like be in a pennant race and be contending for a wild card and all those things that might make a team more fun but to me like Mike Trout is just the most compelling ongoing story in baseball. Every plate appearance he makes feels like it is adding to a two-decade-long story and is just building on on the previous plate appearance. And we know that he's the best player ever through this age. Will he be the best player ever through that age? Will he be the best player ever? That is just, uh, I think, the most ongoing constant in the sport for me. And that's the most indispensable thing for me. But so, okay, so you you have Trout as the most interesting player on that team, and then Otani is the second most, and then Simmons is the third most, but who's the fourth most interesting angel? (laughs) I don't know that it matters. I mean, (laughs) well, it's it's clearly, it's clearly, no, it's definitely either leadoff hitter Tommy LaStella or number three hitter (laughs) Justin Bohr, right? I mean, or it could be, it could be opening day starter Trevor Cahill (laughs) or closer Cody Allen. I mean, those guys are all like, knock your socks off ball players. (laughs) I mean... Okay, Pujols is interesting to me Aww. in kind of a, a sad, yeah, depressing way. Yeah, in a tragic way. way. Is he but fun, though? Not fun, no. but but must watch in a sense. And I, I am eager to know what happens to him and, like, does it become a, a political diplomatic issue at some point where you just can't play him anymore? And does, how does he handle that? And so that is somewhat interesting to me, but it almost just doesn't matter to me. The, the drop off from those top two to all other players in baseball, except for perhaps one that we will also be talking about during this podcast, is so huge for me that uh, they are the ones. They're like two of the only players in baseball who would get me to change the channel, honestly. There aren't that many players who would get me to change the channel. I might choose one team over another because it, it has a bunch of players, but like I'll just change the channel to watch those two guys play, and that weighs pretty heavily for me. That's fair. I had them. I had them thirteenth. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I had them. I had them fifteenth. Which My makes goodness. me worry that I would vote against Mike Trout on an MVP ballot. Well, it's something uncomfortable about myself. I don't like it. <laughs> Trout. Trout is very fun, and I. 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 They are number fifteen because of Trout. The thing yeah. about Otani is that he. Uh, he is very fun, but he's he, well. For one thing, he's not playing right now, and I don't. I mean, all these are ephemeral. I don't know how much we consider who's playing today versus who's playing in a month versus what he's going to be doing a year from now. A year from now, he's more interesting than he will be when he comes back in a month, and he's just a DH, right? So that, that's one thing. But the other thing is that it will be interesting to see how fat, how how fun Otani is going forward, just because. Uh, he doesn't do both things at once. And while he is very interesting as a thing that exists, when you're watching him, you never actually get to see the two things at once. Like it's two really good ingredients that just don't make, they don't, they're never in the same recipe, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I had a good time with Otani last year. He, uh, he was a rookie. And uh, I, I don't know if, I don't know. I just don't know yet whether the 
interest is going to totally hold. I'm more interested in, I mean, I guess I'm interested in him as two individual parts, but I, I don't know. I can't promise I'm going to be totally like turn the game over to him when he, when he's, when he's, you know, in year three or year four or year five of this. Yeah. If it were an NL thing and and there was a chance that he might be like running around mid, (laughs) mid inning, then that'd be interesting. Yeah. I hold out hope that one day he will play the field, but yeah. not this year probably. No, mm-hmm. I I definitely watched every Otani start last year. And so I guess I am curious to see if my level of excitement, if he, he performs in such a way with just the bat that I feel compelled in the same way that I do when Trout is, you know, at the plate to be like, oh, I got to gotta switch over there. Got to make sure I see that. So I mm-hmm. suppose that there is there's like an unexplored upside there yeah. in terms of my level of enjoyment. We're not saying it's a bad pick, Ben. We're just saying <laughs> it's a much higher pick than either of us were willing to make is all we're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, FUD is subjective, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Angels right now, in a, in a sense, it's almost like, I guess it's not fun, but it's something to marvel at just how much better Trout is than everyone else in that lineup and how terrible the lineup has been other than Trout. I guess that's not an argument for picking them, but they're going to get some guys back and, and they'll be better and they'll be kind of competitive. So it's something. I am interested in Otani just because he was a top 10 hitter in baseball last year on a per plate appearance basis. And now if he is just focusing on one thing, does that mean he can be even better? And if he is, then does that jeopardize the two-way thing because you don't want him to get hurt again or distract him? So all of that is compelling and interesting to me. I'm, I'm even kind of interested in like Brad Osmus the second time around and seeing if he actually has evolved and is different this time as uh, has been suggested and reported. So it's enough for me and I understand why it would be a lot lower for a lot of people. All right, uh, Meg, you're up. Oh, I get to go. I am taking the Phillies. Okay. And, oh, gosh, the most fun player. You know, like Harper feels like an important part of this, uh, is definitely a part of the pick. But in terms of the most fun, the most fun, I think it probably is Harper, but that feels obvious, and we try so hard to be clever. <laughs> So I I actually might go with Real Muto just because he is in a in an environment where we know pitching is important, pitch framing is important, but um, at times know that it is sort of flattening in terms of the difference in skill. He is actually one of the few catchers where I I appreciably notice the difference in the way that he uh, frames versus other guys. And uh, yeah, I just think that they the position players are great fun. Uh, even the ones who are kind of on sort of the tail ends of their careers, like McCutcheon's been playing great. That's delightful. Everybody looks good in those Phillies uniforms because they're great. You know, uh, Aaron Nola is great fun. That bullpen has been, it's been weird and okay. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to see if the defense is any better than it has, than it was last year when it was very, very poor. And I think that they are going to have a long playoff run. And I also think they have the potential to, you know, at the deadline, make some moves if they want to, to ensure that long playoff run. And so I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good pick. Bryce Harper is always fun and it is not a cliche to acknowledge that. Yeah. He's a fun ball player. And uh, right now it seems like he is very eager to make me like him. Like like yeah. that really seems like he is yes. in full like, like I'm going to do what it takes to make you like me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm enjoying that. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like that, I feel, I, I, I feel, I don't, this could easily turn, sound like me being cynical and, and the opposite of like appreciating it. But like the bat flip, I, I, I felt like the bat flip was, was pre-orchestrated. Like I felt like. Yeah. He he thought like what I'm gonna flip a bat I'm gonna hit a home run and then I'm gonna flip a bat and he practiced that bat flip like yeah. he he practiced that bat flip a bunch because he wanted people to write columns criticizing the bat flip and then other people to write columns talking about how good the bat flip was and uh, I uh, I admire the need to be liked I mean we're social creatures we're mm-hmm. we're we we see we we build our self identity through the reflections of other people and. I, I have great uh, empathy for that that feeling that he has that he wants me to like him. And so, all right, yeah. I'm on board, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. I said the same thing to Michael Babin last week that I always kind of liked A-Rod because I had the feeling that he wanted me to like him. Yeah. yeah. And that set him apart from, say, Derek Jeter or someone like that who probably couldn't really care less if, if I liked him or just took it for granted that I liked him. And so... To me, it humanizes them. To others, it seems insincere or phony or calculated. And in a way, it is, I suppose. But it still, to me, it just it's a human emotion that these uh, athletic, super wealthy God-type people actually <laughs> care what yeah. we think of them. Well, and I think that there's something about, um, you know, I appreciate good stagecraft. Like, this is an entertainment product at the end of the day. And I think that he has a very good sense for drama like he he knows where the beats are he, you know he knows where he needs to fill fill a beat in a game and do a thing and you know uh, send a ball very deep into the into the stand so i just there's a there's a i think a human need to be liked but i also think he has an appreciation for the art of stagecraft and i i like that i think yeah. it's good yeah, I had the Phillies. This is gonna sound. I had them tenth, but I have a tier of ten teams that are all fairly yeah, closely. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of compression at and the so, top. So they were the last them. in that. Yeah, they were the last in that tier. But I like them. Uh, they're fun. All right, my pick is the Dodgers, who I think are they're just so fun. For one thing, they throw strikes. They are the strike throwingest team in baseball, and a ball game is just more fun when you're throwing strikes. There's just few things are less fun than watching a team try to find it, and so I appreciate that. But also, they are you know what they remind they have so many good players. Like they go like 29 guys deep. Like they're so deep with good players that it reminds me of like. Like, like really good seasons of Lost or Game of Thrones or something where there's like seven storylines going at once that are all solid and you just flip from one to the other and everyone you're like, oh yeah, like I, I want to hear about this. <laughs> and so I appreciate that there's always a good ball player on my screen when, when they're playing. And I like the way that they can use those ball players in, in interesting ways. I like that I still think Puig is there. Like I still give them a little bit of credit for having Puig, even though like my, the front of my brain knows that they don't. So uh, I like all of them. I also feel like remember in 2017 when they had they were on pace to win like 119 games in through July, and then they they collapsed, and then they weren't very good last year either. But in my head, I've never really reevaluated them since they were on that pace. I still think of them as just this incredibly good team that uh, is just dominant. And they it seems like they're always crushing teams. And so I just like, I, 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 this, you, again, you don't have to be good to be fun, but I just appreciate how just nonstop they are. They just keep coming at you with good ball players. And uh, I think that uh, Julio Urias is my, uh, is my favorite one. I mean, just, a, you know, he's, 
he's really still very young and he's very good and I like watching him pitch. Okay, well, I think for my next pick, I'm going to make sort of a similar one, maybe. I'm going to take the Astros. I think I would have taken the Phillies probably if if Mick hadn't, but taking the Astros just because I think they're the best baseball team, Mm -hmm. and that is not necessarily the same as the most fun baseball team. I guess I don't think they're the most fun baseball team, but I think they're close, and I appreciate the way that they have gone about this. I, As someone who just wrote about player development, I am kind of fascinated by the breakthroughs that they've had on that side of things. Obviously, they are not always the most likable team and the easiest to root for team. And you have to deal with Roberto Asuna being there and and having that constant reminder of the way that they operate. So that is the opposite of fun. On the other hand, they also have just, I mean, it's kind of like you said about the Dodgers. There are just so many good players on this team and so many fun players. I guess Altuve is kind of the default obvious fun guy on this team but I'm also really interested in Carlos Correa and seeing if he can have a big breakthrough season I like watching all of their pitchers basically (laughs) their, their pitching staff is just I mean in terms of just stuff and just ratio of like really nasty gifable pitches it's probably the highest with the Astros you get Verlander you get Cole you get to even watch like their annual guy who they make much better. And Wade Miley will probably be that guy this year and he'll just be amazing all year. And that'll be kind of fun. And then you get to watch like the wave of young guys come up who are also amazing. So you get to see Josh James and you get to see Forrest Whitley and on and on. There's just a, you know, an endless bottomless well of those guys. So just in terms of sheer dominance and I mean you saw the run differential last year and if anything I felt like they underachieved potentially last year so they probably won't be involved in a close race I don't know how much we're factoring that in here I guess we can each approach that how we want to approach that and I don't know whether we're factoring in like playoff likelihood either like I expect the Astros to play more baseball than anyone else this year I don't know if that counts or not but that's uh that's something you'll get to watch a lot of Astros. It's just, you know, you want to watch baseball in 2019 and see the team that is most emblematic of how baseball works now in a lot of ways. I think it's them. And you get to also watch their lineup, which used to be very strikeout heavy and now just kind of does everything well and doesn't strike out and yet also hits for power and doesn't chase a whole lot. They're just kind of the model team right now for better or worse can't believe that you don't think that the nine and two Mariner start is sustainable <laughs> to challenge the Astros for the West. Yeah. How dare you? Sorry. I, uh, I, I don't know if I think that playoff future playoff appearances affect my rankings, but past playoff appearances definitely do. Having seen players on the postseason stage gives me more interest in them. I, uh-huh. I think if, if Raphael Devers, for instance, was like, I mean, sorry, Meg, but a Mariner, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be that excited. But like, I really like Devers. Like, I'm excited to to see him, you know, come up because like, I think of him as like that guy who always hits in October. And George Springer is kind of the same way. And mm-hmm. those moments sear into your memory. I mean, Lance McCullers will always be Lance McCullers yeah. from the postseason that one mm-hmm. time. Yep. Was it my turn? He was fifth. Uh, I'm sorry. They were fifth on mine, by the way. Okay. I had them. I had the fifth on mine too. Mm-hmm. Oh no! <laughs> We're gonna make runs at similar teams, I suspect. It's my turn. 
Mm-hmm. I'm taking the Padres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I swear that I am not taking any of these teams based on their affiliation with Fangraphs alums. That is a coincidental <laughs> sort of thing. I there are think, so many now. I know. <laughs> Every yeah. team has one. So <laughs> Can we stop for a little while, please? <laughs> I think there are a lot of things I like about this Padres team. I mean, in a lot of ways, this is acknowledging that uh, the Padres have – uh, likely not quite arrived yet, although, um, you know, they are playing quite well right now. But they have a very fun mix of having been willing to spend money in anticipation of being good, which is like a strategy I support. So it's cool that they uh, were not deterred by the sunk cost of Eric Cosmer when they went out and signed Manny Machado. I appreciate that their ownership appears receptive to the idea that like they should just put really good players on the field and worry about um, service time and where they are six years from now, six years from now. So the story that Machado and Hosmer went to ownership and said, you know, Tati should just be up and we should just start the year with him up. I find uh, lovely and charming and indicative of the sort of brand of baseball they want to play and an acknowledgement of where they sit in the, the sports market in San Diego, where they're like the only game in town. Chris Paddock was my uh, rookie of the year pick for the NL. So I'm very invested in him and his fastball, which just comes in at a really uncomfortable, funky, in an uncomfortable, funky way. And so it was fun. And I think that they are one of those teams that is trying to win and also lends itself to a really interesting player development and sort of consolidation story around the deadline. So they have all of these very talented young prospects who, you know, we're, we're getting ready to do the, the NL West as, as part of our list at Fangraphs. And, uh, I have been assured that the Padres list will be at least as long as the Rays list was, but figuring out how they move some of those guys and then pick the guys they want to keep and shift some of them at the deadline to get other pieces, I think allows us to enjoy the strategy story while also like having guys like Tatis up and them spending money so we can enjoy it, but not feel kind of icky about it from a labor perspective, which is nice and kind of rare uh, in baseball right now. So I just, uh, I just like them. They have good uniforms also. They play in a cool ballpark. And I think that it'll be nice to have some real competition in in the West for the Dodgers. And I expect that that will uh, be them for a long time. So I had them uh, as my second team behind Philly. And I feel like I've either done my draft rankings wrong or I'm running away with this. I can't decide which. (laughs) Can't decide. We're all going to win uh, this draft. Yeah, because it's just fun. Everyone just gets to have fun. That part's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, completely agree with you on uh, just about everything you said. I, yeah, I, I did a whole podcast segment with Bauman on, on the Ringer Show this past week, just because like we didn't know what to talk about, and I was like, "Well, I've been watching the Padres," and he was like, "I've been watching the Padres," yeah. and then we just talked about watching the Padres, basically, which is not something you've been able to say for no. a really long time, which I think is a big part of their appeal. It's not just that they're fun and they're young and they're up and coming, and you can kind of root for them guilt free because of the decisions that you mentioned but also it's just like a first or yeah. at least the first in a really long time that we've been able to say this about the Padres and it's like hey new blood this is fun and interesting so I would have taken them very soon if you hadn't and my only hesitation is that they may very well end up with 70 something wins or something yeah. which you know they're they're more of like a, a long-term play in a way but a lot of the guys who are going to be on the next Padres great team are already on this Padres team and maybe they're not quite as good as they're going to be yet, but you can see them every day and that's a lot of fun. 
Oh, I didn't I didn't pick the the most fun player. And it's Manny Machado, but in a particular way, which is that them having Tatis up to start the year has allowed us to just watch Manny Machado play third yes, again. Yes. He is fun as a third baseman oh, and he is not fun as a shortstop. He's not or at least it's the he's whole not, difference. Right. He's not as fun. I was talking about this this week. Like it is just it's just a joy. He's just a freaking joy to watch at third. And it is so it is so easy and fluid and there is no, you know, I, um, so I've been watching Manny Machado play third base and then I've also watched Ryan Healy play third base and those are like, it, they're not playing the same position. It is a different, it is just a different thing. You can see, uh, the movements chopped up into little itty bitty pieces and they all feel, uh, sort of janky and stitched together and bad when Ryan Healy plays third base. Sorry, Ryan Healy, I'm sure you're lovely, but like you're not very good at third base. And then you watch Machado and you're like, oh, okay, now I see. This is what, like, this is what a seven or eight at third is. And it's just the best. So it's Manny. It is weird how the good third base defense is the best good defense to watch even though it's not yeah, the most so, important position so it's fun. you don't you don't run around all that much it's but yet it is the most fun position it's those throws it's all the throws yeah, and the charging the and the and mm-hmm. then to the let the, the reactions going to Bare the left and so, i mean yeah. when you see a look a, a lot of good baseball plays if you're a center fielder or or even you're a middle infielder the the play is the range and you yep. you know you, it's like okay he got there like wh- what i saw is a guy get there but you don't really see the process of him getting there like you can't you know what i mean like your eyes are can't be like another guy didn't get there right you know you don't have overlapping other players who are coming up short and like they they just ran fast like i right. don't know it's it's like hard to see but third base plays are all right there for you to see like they're they're very visceral they're very like you can feel them because you tried and failed to make them mhm whereas mm-hmm. we all we all caught a ball at the edge of our range at some point we've all done something in our life that was at the edge of our range I don't know. All right. <laughs> I also I also like the uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, the Padres are great. I agree. Yeah. They were they were number three for me, mm-hmm. and so now I'm uh, unfortunately I I'm now going to have to pick my number two, which I would have rather have talked about the Padres. I, I don't trust my rankings. These are very these are these rankings are arbitrary. I will pick the Brewers. No. <laughs> I love uh I love uh I think Christian Yelich is the most fun hitter to watch in baseball right now and it's partly because he's been on an unholy terror for the last I don't know, 90 games or whatever he's played and some you know that probably I don't know that probably won't last but to see the hottest hitter in baseball or one of them uh, at his absolute hottest is is very fun so that's that's the main that and that and Josh Hader just like the the existence of Josh Hader looming in every game is actually the main reason I forgot that's what I wanted to say uh mm-hmm. the way that uh, Ben I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, nobody steal this from me I've already stolen it from Ben. Ben, I stole, I'm stealing something from something that you said on an episode uh, maybe a month ago. I think it was the Brewers preview episode where you referred to, maybe it was a different episode, but you referred to somebody as that team's hater, or maybe you referred to hater as being the hater, where it's, <laughs> it's the guy that the whole 
the whole bullpen strategy is built around and the whole other team's late inning strategy is built around like you you mm-hmm. know he's there and you're like figuring out how to use your lineup and how to play to that pitcher yeah. and it's like I, the Andrew Miller we've just mm-hmm. switched to hater now basically it, it, right it is like the Andrew Miller except for I feel like I want to steal this idea because I think that you can be the hater in a lineup without being used like hater is you maybe you're a maybe you're a lockdown lefty specialist maybe you're a one inning righty maybe you're uh something else maybe you're the closer but every team has somebody in the in the bullpen that you sort of think all the other pieces are, are built around mm-hmm. and uh and and haters is just the the most outlandish of them at, at the moment and probably even more outlandish than miller was it seems to me he it feels like he goes longer more regularly and he's mm-hmm. better than miller was incredibly enough and uh so just wa- watching any brewers game that's remotely close you're just thinking about thinking about hater yeah right well and i think it's like the their rotation is very not fun but even this not fun thing facilitates this other fun thing I I like their yeah. rotation. Burns is fun. Burns. Woodruff is fun. Woodruff, Peralta. Yeah. How is Peralta's Peralta's totally it's fun? It's just been less. It's just been less sure. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. It, it has it has bummer potential, right? Mm-hmm. You, like you have the potential to be like, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, Chessine's sort of fun. I guess Sh- yeah. I agree. I I <laughs> like their I like their rotation. I see the thing about um, like everybody talks about how. Uh, it's bad for baseball that you have the opener now because you don't go to the game knowing who the, you know, you don't know who the starter is, right? It's not in the newspaper. You can't go see the starter because now it's the opener or it's the bullpen game or whatever. And I feel like I basically agree with that, but I do kind of like getting to the bullpen early. I feel like a lot of the more fun stuff happens when the bullpen's in the game. And so not early like the first or second inning, but early like the fifth or sixth is good with me. And the Brewers are like the the third time through the order team. Like they get these guys out. And I kind of like that they have all these guys who just go in there and just like pump everything they've got for four and two thirds innings and they leave with a three to one lead and then the bullpen comes in and I, I sort of feel like that kind of baseball suits me right now mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like you know because it feels like playoff baseball yeah sometimes a little too much maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I like that kind of baseball in October because it's only a month and because all the games mean so much <laughs> that you put up with the delays and the weights but during the regular season, it can be a bit much. But I think their rotation is better this year and more yes. watchable this year than it was last year. So that helps. Also, Albers. Oh, I know what you called him. <laughs> yes. You called him. Here's the term you came up with for hater. And this is what I was going to steal. I was going to do it. Do you remember this term, Ben? Is it the Poochie comp? Yeah. See, I think go. I stole the Poochie comp from Jeff. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So this is like <laughs> third hand stealing. All right. Or well, now I'm not going to steal it. Bullpen Poochies, which is the, yeah. that's right. It's the player that you're, that is, well, that you're always saying, where's he? Like right. you're thinking, where's he? Where's he? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bullpen Poochies. There you go. That's a great term. Whoever, yeah. whoever came up with that. <laughs> so I think I'm going to take the New York Mets. With my next pick, I'm curious to see where they ranked on your lists. But with the Mets, you've got two guys who give you a, a shot to see maybe the most impressive starting pitching performance in baseball. At least two guys. You've got DeGrom, who's just on an incredible run right now, and he's kind of a, a must-watch every time. You've got Cindergard, who 
in some ways is even more fun to watch than DeGrom. And then the rest of the rotation is fun too, except for Jason Vargas, which almost like saps the fun. I feel like it's <laughs> you just like it's hard to even have a team that's fun with Jason Vargas on it. Can't believe Jason Vargas is still on this team, but he is. So you've got that. And then I feel like the lineup is is pretty fun too. Yeah. I think Robinson Cano remains one of my favorite hitters to watch, just aesthetically speaking. You've got Pete Alonso now, who is just like this beefy slugger and is a lot of fun so far. And then you have other interesting hitters in that lineup too, like Nimmo and, and Conforto. Even the bench is, I think, better than most teams' benches. And so you have guys like Jeff McNeil and Keon Broxton on the bench and Ligaris. It depends who's starting that day, but that's kind of interesting. And then, of course, you have Edwin Diaz as your, your bullpen Pucci, I guess, who is uh, <laughs> also really pretty fun. So I think that uh, that coupled with just like you know the whole Mets thing which has been very unfun for years now but if they were good again I think it might be even more fun just because of all the baggage that has accumulated with this franchise and you know they're in the NL East I think every NL East team except the Marlins gets a boost just because that division is a lot of fun and the Mets are off to a good start in it they're also one of those teams that has like a you know, 50-50 shot right now to make the playoffs according to the Fancraft's odds, and 50-50 is fun, I think. So New York Mets for me. I had them 11th, and I, I, they have a lot of hitters that I think are good, but that I don't necessarily – pretty much all their hitters I think are good, but I don't think are that fun. I don't know why. Okay. So I, I don't know. I just don't I, – I, they're fine. They're fine. They're 11th. <laughs> I have them 7th. Uh, driven mostly by the pitching, but also I think, uh, yeah, you're right. It it would be good for people to just remember, like, Robinson Kennel's still pretty good at baseball. Mm-hmm. And Alonzo is fun. And, you know, yeah, I had him seventh. <laughs> yeah, all right. I might have had him higher if I had done this before Zach Wheeler started today i was all in on zach wheeler as like (laughs) as like as like the real deal as like the the next great pitcher you know the second half was totally real last year Mm -hmm. uh and i thought this team was gonna have like you know three guys win 65 games and then i don't know he just hasn't hasn't been there quite really and he walked seven today and so did he really walk seven today yeah i was Mm. doing other stuff i didn't see that so now i'm kind of (laughs) <laughs> so one start by Sackler, I push them down for um, you. This is a, I mean, really, this is like a really arbitrary process. Like at one point today, I spent like twelve minutes trying to decide if I thought that Rymel Tapia is fun. And Rymel Tapia is fun, and I just couldn't decide. And then the, I, I didn't know where to put the Rockies, so they ended up thirteenth because of that. <laughs> okay. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah, this could definitely change on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. If we redrafted in a week, it'd probably be different. Sam, I have them 12th. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I I mentioned to a friend that we were doing this today, and I, I so far, my prediction is right. I was like, I think that Sam and I might have very similar rankings and that Ben's might be a little <laughs> bit different in, like, appreciable and interesting ways. Like, it's not a bad thing at all. Uh, and so far... The funny thing is Concerning. that yeah, the funny thing is that we haven't so far we haven't even named Ben's second team, and he's gonna hold until like like his like second to last pick because it's gonna be the Royals. Right. <laughs> oh uh, Lord, I'm souring on the Royals. I'm down on the Royals. <laughs> we'll see where they go. All right, Meg, you're up. 
I am taking the Nationals. No one else yeah. is taking the Nationals yet, I right? I was close to them, yeah. I was thinking today about pitchers who I enjoy, you know, who are those who are the the ones where I don't miss a start and where I genuinely uh just enjoy pretty much every pitch they throw. And I think Scherzer is very high on that list. So he is he is great fun and I will say that he is the most fun, but I don't feel confident in my own assessment of the funness of this team because it's really hard to pick between him and then, you know, Anthony Rendon, who's just like an underrated fun player in all the, uh, like in many ways that he's underrated. It's very strange to look at this team and think, you know, that outfield's probably fine without Bryce Harper. That's weird to be able to say, but like uh, you kind of feel a little bit confident doing it because they have Soto and they have Robles and, you know, Eden's all right. And so I just uh, I just like them a lot. I think that they are going to be very good. I do worry about that bullpen some. So, uh, but, you know, having things be dicey late in games and then work out okay can be fun, especially if it's not a team that you're like, super committed to as a fan. Um, this is the whole reason that we like Fernando Rodney. So I'm taking the nationals and, and as we've said, any, any team in that division, well, almost any team in that division is going to be fun because they're just going to push each other all year. And, and I'm sure that the playoff odds will move around quite a bit for them. So I'm taking the nationals. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I feel bad saying I had them 21. Really? Wow. And, huh. uh, not for any real reason. Um, <laughs> Huh. <laughs> just i don't know i mean looking look, thinking about it now i could have very easily talked myself into having them at like number four because sure. it's juan soto right yeah but i don't know I, f- I feel like i have fatigue on some of these guys there's a lot of That's guys fair. on that team who've been around a long time it's an interesting concept though that you introduced that if you're not a rooting fan right that in fact the the bad bullpens are the <laughs> the fun ones maybe or at mm-hmm. least the 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 bullpens where you feel where it feels a little it feels dicey, right? Like Sean Doolittle is a legitimately good pitcher, and uh, I suspect that he will have moments of being quite good this year. But they also, you know, they have Rosenthal, they have Bearclaw, they have Tony Sip, who is just kind of weird in a way that I appreciate. So, uh, you know, I haven't even mentioned Strasburg among their yeah. starters. So yeah, I just I just like them. And yeah. I want them. I want them to get through. I want them to advance in the playoffs because they also are one of those teams where I, as a fan of the Mariners, have sympathy for the persistent and disappointing playoff narrative. It's just not fun as a fan. It gets thrown back at you all the time. It's not your fault. You didn't do it. You didn't pitch any of those innings. You know, uh, but you have to contend with it anyhow. So I, I hope for their their fan base that they can move on from that this year, and I think they'll uh, will be quite good. I agree. I almost took the Nats with my last pick, and I do think that that narrative adds something. And the fact that they lost Harper and might be better without him or just as good without him, might not miss him. I think that's sort of fun. And just seeing whether they can actually win that first playoff series finally, that is something I'm sure Nationals fans are sick of it. But for a neutral, it is uh, something else to watch. And I think Robles is fun. I think he's... uh, Maybe your leading contender for rookie of the year or, or close to it. And he is kind of unpolished in some ways. Like I watched him, he was like misplaying balls when I was watching him play the Mets. And yet he's really good and talented. And I think Soto's a lot of fun just because he's so precocious and advanced beyond his years. And I don't actually, I'm not sure whether Rendon is fun. 
I, I mean, I, I think he's great, and I take every opportunity to point out that he's great, but I wonder whether his lack of, of reputational greatness, at least, you know, given his abilities and performance, has something to do with a lack of fun, because he's, he's one of those guys who's just good at everything, and, uh, you know, like really good at everything, but not necessarily the best at, at things, so that hurts a little, and I've never found Scherzer to be quite as fun, like commensurate with his greatness, which I think he's the best pitcher in baseball, but I don't think of him as like on the really short list of most fun pitchers in baseball, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I could be underrating his, his funness. We've he's talked, just, yeah, we've talked, I think yeah, we've hun- talked many this. hundreds of episodes ago yeah. about how Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer is this guy who has like three of the five best starts of the last 10, 15 yeah. years. And yeah. yet when you watch, you're not ever really sure how he's, it doesn't, it doesn't smash you over the head with it. Right. Yeah. That's how I feel. So I'm not picking them necessarily just for, I don't know that there are guys who are fun, but that's why I didn't take them earlier. Just uh, there wasn't the standout individual guy for me, but I think the some of the parts and just, the position of the team again nl east bonus and the added storyline of the nats trying to get there for me they're pretty fun i'm gonna pick the twins oh wow. all right the, huh. the email the email swayed me i've been thinking a lot about the twins somebody else uh followed up with a couple of cases for individual twins uh, and i have decided that i really like the twins i think they are a very fun team and i will just uh highlight uh, as as one as one very obvious one uh not the most obvious one but one very obvious one is i don't think that there's any player that i want to watch be awesome more than Byron Buxton. I think that not only am I severely rooting for him to be awesome, (laughs) but if he is awesome, I think that he is the most fun kind of awesome that there is. He's incredibly fast and incredibly strong, and he's the best center fielder in the world. And those are fun things. He steals bases at will without getting caught. That's also fun. And uh, this is obviously, it's for a week into the season. This is an absurd thing to point out, but he has the third highest exit velocity in baseball this year and the third highest average launch angle in baseball this year. And you could just imagine something clicking there. And, uh, you know, I mean, you could uh, 51 home runs and 72 steals. Sure. (laughs) With a gold glove, I like it. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's other things I like about the twins, but um, uh, we're on nine. We're on team nine. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I had them at eighteen. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. They are still the twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're they're fun. We talked about it recently, so we don't have to rehash the whole twins conversation. But Asadio alone, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, sure. he's the most fun thing in baseball right now. So uh, that gets them up there. All right, I will take the Rays with my next pick, I think, and kind of conflicted about it because, you know, I I don't want to, like, celebrate their lack of spending and yet succeeding, but intellectually, there are things about it that are interesting, and they're obviously in a division where they're going up against the Yankees and the Red Sox, and so they do kind of get the underdog narrative behind them, I think, a little bit, and they're good. They've got a lot of good prospects. They've got a lot of good players. They just do the most interesting things on a consistent basis in terms of in-game tactical decisions. I mean, just today, they brought in Chaz Rowe to face Evan Longoria. 
Longoria, and then they moved Adam Kolarik to first base so that he could go to the mound to face Brandon Belt. I mean, you know, they do the the Waxahachi swap, they do the opener, they pioneered the opener. There's no telling what they will pioneer next. They have their R&D director is now a coach on their bench and (laughs) in a position that no one has ever really occupied before. So just over the last decade of baseball, they've kind of been the greatest source of innovation, I think, and in in pioneering tactics that other teams have adopted. And so there's always the question of what will the Rays do next? What will the thing they do? You know, it was shifting, obviously, and there's just a a whole lot. And they seem to also maybe have that ability to, like, take Tyler Glasnow and make him really good all of a sudden. And uh, there's, I don't know who the most fun player on this team is maybe maybe it's Kiermeyer if he's healthy maybe it's Blake Snell just because he's really good but uh I think just the team itself is kind of fun even though it sort of stinks when they don't spend money on players I love Yandy Diaz and I think that he's gonna internet blow up uh-huh yeah, that's possible. The other thing that's about this is that uh, while we all like it when our team has continuity and like the young star signs an 11 year contract and you get to see him go through his whole career with you and all that, uh, for another team, it's fun to see churn. It's fun to see new players in new circumstances doing new things. And uh, so the Rays churn kind of works for this exercise. Yep. <laughs> I had them 8th. I had them 12th. All right. I am taking the Yankees. This feels very strange. (laughs) I know that they're like weirdly super hurt right now, but who's their most fun player? You know, Aaron Judge is very fun. I will always have a very large soft spot for James Paxton because he's just a joy and a delight, both as a human person and as a pitcher. So it's a tie between those two, I think, for me, in terms of their most fun guy. But I love that bullpen. I love how many different looks that bullpen offers in terms of guys who are good in different ways, even though they are all, as we covered on our preview episode with Lindsay, just giants. They're all just yep. giant. That's a team of of all the different kinds of big boys, as it were. And, you know, I think that we sometimes do not appreciate teams that are just like very, very good and deep and rich all at the same time. Like we we tend to be annoyed by those things because it's like, oh, it's everybody, the, those guys have all the luck. But I don't think that we should think about it that way because a nice thing about teams that have a lot of really good players and then also spend money is that they spend money on good players and that's the thing that we should support i think just philosophically it's nice but it's also cool when they're able to develop young guys uh, out of nowhere they have all of these young arms in their farm system that for some reason throw 100 miles an hour now it's the wildest thing so i just i i like the yankees as a mariner's (laughs) fan sort of that feels weird to say but i like them and i think that they will be good even though they are pretty injured sometimes and uh yeah that's my pick the yankees mm-hmm. yeah i think the yankees were more fun a couple of years ago uh-huh. when some of these guys started coming up and yeah judge kind of burst onto the scene and it felt like they were still the Yankees, but like for a while, at least you, you could almost root for them if you weren't a Yankees fan. And now it kind of feels like they're they're back to a team that most people hate. But I agree with you. I, I think they are pretty fun. They got a lot of fun players. I had them sixth, so I also think they're very fun. They would have been my next pick. I like when you mentioned Judge. I like 
big guys who are faster than yeah. their size. And yeah. uh, Judge is uh, fun because he can move. I mentioned, I, I forgot to mention that that's one reason that I like Cody Bellinger and the Dodgers is that he's another guy who's fast, right? He's fast. It's surprising right. how fast he's. Judge, this is one of my favorite uh, two names in relationship to each other from last <laughs> year's StatCast Sprint Leaderboard. Aaron Judge, faster than Gene Segura. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, you know, it's, it's not like there are like, it's not like he's number 32 on this list. Sure. But still, he's up still. there. He's barely behind, he's one foot per, he's one tenth of a foot per second behind Mookie Betts. This is part of why I delight in watching, this is not a player on either um, the Dodgers or the Yankees, but this is like part of why I really enjoy Joey Gallo. Because mm-hmm. it's like he shouldn't be able to move like that. That's mm-hmm. that's dumb. Yeah. yeah, but he can. It's great. Yeah, Adam Adovino is really fun. Mm-hmm. By the way, just he on is, a yeah. per pitch basis, he's yeah. uh, he's up there in terms of bullpen guys. So <laughs> Cody Bellinger was faster than Jose Peraza and Yuan Moncada. Hmm. That's wow. fast. <laughs> faster <laughs> yeah. than Ozzy Albies. It's pretty fast. That's what I'm saying. All right. It's Who's your team? Than Rymel Tapia. My team is the Cardinals. Mm. It was more fun before they sent down Alex Reyes. Alex Reyes is a player I really like watching right now, although not like literally right now because right now he's struggling a little bit. But Alex Reyes is, uh, if if you were listing players that you switch over because they've come into a game, Alex Reyes is like in my top four right now or was to start the season. But also my sleeper is I just really like watching Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill to me is like kind of a just a – like a aesthetic freak show he was uh he was 95th percentile sprint speed last year he was 95th percentile exit velocity last year and he was last dead last in contact rate (laughs) and that's just a fun ball player he also is kind of jittery and sort of just like is a bundle of nerves out there he reminds me a little bit of a guy ben in the Pacific Association, who remember I liked and everybody else hated. Uh, remember who I'm talking about? No. Johnny Juco. Oh, yeah. With the, uh, he doesn't with the... remind me of Johnny Juco in the way he plays, but just in like the sort of energy that he exudes. Like I'm uh-huh. just captivated by it. He also wears uh, high striped socks and also has a striped tattoo covering his entire left arm and so if you squint it sort of looks like he's tattooed his uniform on his arm for some reason i don't know why i like that i don't know why i think that's fun i will probably hate tyler o'neill by mid-may but right now (laughs) i really like him i like watching him he's fun yeah that's all i i saw i've seen i think it was tyler o'neill saw a video of him hitting a home run like just off a tee Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And you're like, wow, what's it like to be strong like that? Well, I'll never experience that in my whole life. Yeah. And then he ran and caught the ball in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and then he fun. went back and he swung and missed at the tee. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> All right. I think we've reached a point now where this isn't coming as easy to me anymore. So maybe we've gone down a tier in funness, but I think I'll take the Red Sox here. They are the best team, I think, still on the board, but they have Mookie, and Mookie's kind of an outlier in terms of funness on this team. I I don't find that many other Red Sox that fun, which is maybe why they're still available here. It's uh, Mookie himself is so fun that that kind of makes me want to 
take them here. And I think J.D. Martinez is fun just as a, you know, craftsman, a technician of hitting and also just one of the best hitters in baseball period. I think their outfield as a whole is fun just defensively. Jackie Bradley Jr. is a lot of fun to watch in the field, but there's not that much more to them in terms of just player by player. I mean, Evaldi is kind of fun. At least he was last year, but I don't know that he'll be consistently fun. Chris Sale, obviously, if he's going well, is very fun, I think, and one of the most obviously dominant pitchers there is. So sort of depends on how good he is. And then the whole bullpen experiment of just kind of not having one I think is sort of fun from afar definitely not fun for Red Sox fans but if we're going with the theory that it is fun to watch bullpen meltdowns then you have the potential to see some here while still having a good team in a potentially good division race so all of that and obviously it's the defending World Series winners so we've seen these guys in the playoffs and that helps a little bit so Red Sox yeah, they, I had them ninth, and um, I find the roster spots twenty-two to, oh, I guess, a f- a four to twenty-five to be more interesting than the Angels four to twenty-five, but not like all that interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then they have, you know, Mookie equates to Mike Trout, and Jackie Bradley is like a lesser Angelton Simmons in that he's yeah. just gloriously fun to watch on defense. But Mookie I mean, doesn't equate to Mike Trout though. I mean, well, no, Mookie, they're both they're both might, lesser. Sorry, they're both le- he's Mookie right. is like eighty-five percent Trout, and Bradley is like eighty-five yeah. percent Simmons. Mm-hmm. And but the rest of the team is is more interesting, and so I I had them higher. But I agree, they're not a they're yeah. not a team that's all all that fun to watch i end up watching a lot of red sox games anyway because they always play at 405 and i like their broadcast crew yeah yeah i wonder whether does broadcast crew are we no, no 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 that here? no no okay. certainly not but i just i watch a lot of their games for that okay. reason yeah well aesthetically speaking i like watching fenway park too so i don't know if that's yeah. part of it but just the nooks and crannies and that is something that's kind of visually interesting just what you said about mookie and trout I, I think is is interesting because mookie is probably the second best player in baseball and like last year he was as good as trout probably but because he doesn't have the the history of being as good as Trout, he's so much less interesting to me just because, I mean, even if he were as good as Trout from now on and he were as good as Trout this season, it still wouldn't be as interesting because he's not building on quite the early career legacy that Trout did. So the whole thing with Trout now is, is he the best player ever? And every season tells us something about whether he will be. And Mookie probably doesn't have that case. I think I just have fatigue with them. I think mm-hmm. I'm just a little I think I'm a little worn out on the Red Sox. Everyone oh, me too. listening to this podcast, just relax. <laughs> He's wonderful. Which is great. I'm not tired of watching Mookie. Yeah. It's and fine. like we're we're not tired of the Dodgers though, right? Even though they're always there. They've been there more consistently than the Red Sox have, but maybe it just is that the Red Sox have won the four World Series recently and that makes all the difference. And I think we see them play on Sunday so often, mm. so that might have something to do with it. And I'm just, you know, I think that there is some value in enjoying teams that are not the, you know, reigning World Series champs, because we just we just had a bunch of fun with you, you know, we had an extra mm. month of fun. Yeah. Mm. So I think I'm maybe just a little fatigued, but although you're right to maybe make me wonder why I don't feel quite the same way about the Dodgers, who for all 
you know, for all intents and purposes, I should, even though they didn't win. Yeah, well, because the Dodgers haven't won. I mean, with the Red Sox, you can be like, okay, go away now. Like, you did it. What are you still here for? How come you're still (laughs) buying lottery tickets? You just won the jackpot. I don't feel that way. I still basically enjoy the Red Sox. I love Red Sox-Yankees games on Sunday night, and I wish they played them every week. And and I I also think that Mookie, while I totally agree with you that the, the Trout The fundamental question of whether you're watching the greatest player of all time put up the greatest career of all time uh, is what makes Trout so interesting to watch on Mm -hmm. a day-to-day basis. I think that Mookie is a more interesting defender and a more interesting base runner. He does more things that surprise me. Um, And and I like – I would rather – I think I probably would actually enjoy Mike Trout more. I mean I don't think this is what they should do or that he'd be better. But I think I probably would like Mike Trout more if he were in a corner and his his excellent defense stood out in the way that Mookie's does. Mm Mm-hmm. And Betts does have more. I think that like Mike Trout's personality gets sort of underrated. People call him boring, and I find his um, particular interests kind of charming. But but Betts does have significantly uh, greater on field presence, mm-hmm. and so that part is more fun, right? He's just got you know he's got a little dance moves and everything, so it's great. Yeah, he's short too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it me? Yep. Yep. I am taking the Rockies. <laughs> Mm. Wow, are we already there? We're already to your number. Uh, what did you have him? Twelve. I had him twelve. Wow, we have gutted and your rankings. I've made a call. I skipped eleven. Okay. I just decided. I just decided to do it. I skipped my number eleven team, which was the Athletics, and I mm-hmm. went straight to the Rockies. Uh, there is something, and we will talk about Nolan Arenado in a second. I, I really enjoy watching Marquez pitch. Yeah. I like it very much. I'm very curious to see what happens with John Gray this year. I find Kyle Freeland is fine. Um, he's fun to watch, but like he's, I mean, he's a very good pitcher, but he's fine. I just, I like very much the idea of a Rockies team who in some respects appears to be built around a pitching strength because it's just, yeah. that's dumb. That shouldn't mm-hmm. be true, but it is, which is so cool. And then they decided to keep Nolan Arenado around and he is great fun. I continue to be fascinated by Trevor Story and exactly what he is going to settle into as a big leaguer because I think we still have a sort of pending question there. I will never understand Chris Iannetta's framing numbers. It is going to be like my final case as a worn down detective that I will never solve. <laughs> will be the file that sits in a desk drawer that I pass on to a younger subordinate to figure out. I'll never get it. Doesn't make any sense, but I remain fascinated by it. And I am so happy in some ways, even though he has not been good, that Ian Desmond remains on this team because for about five seasons now, I've had a mental block about where Ian Desmond plays baseball. And it makes it much easier to remember if he just stays on the Rockies (laughs) and is bad, but is there as a Rocky now in center field. That's the thing I have managed to warm into my brain. And I think Rymel Tapia is great fun just because like skinny little dudes like that should not work as baseball players, but do sometimes. And when they do, it is delightful. And I guess we're consistent with my um, Padres pick. I just really enjoy watching very good third baseman be very good third baseman. And Arenado's, you know, he's right there as probably the the best of the bunch. So I am picking the Rockies. And also they have the, the advantage of Coors because I like weird stuff, and Coors lends itself to weird stuff on many occasions, um, both for the Rockies themselves and for the people they're playing. So I'm picking the Rockies. I've always hated Coors. I've hated (gasps) it. I have not considered Coors baseball to be fun at all. I've hated Coors games, all of them, every one, until now. Now that they have good pitching, 
I like it. To yeah. me, it's yeah. extra fun now. This is, it took 25 years, <laughs> but they finally got a pitching staff that can make me appreciate that Coors is a weird outlier stadium and not a farce. Yeah. It's such a, just an entirely homegrown rotation too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is, it's so impressive. It's one of the more impressive player development feats any team has managed. I mean, it took them 25 years, but still that it happened at all, I think is, is something to marvel at. And some of the individual pitchers are fun to watch too. Yeah. My pick, I can't believe, honestly, I cannot believe this team made it this far, but my, my next pick is the Braves, mm-hmm. um, who... Obviously, have Ronald Acuna, who is Mike Trout at twenty. <laughs> like, like he's he's that guy right now. Uh, I mean, he's not. He's not. I shouldn't have said it. I'm gonna get struck <laughs> down. But he's you know he is really something special. And uh, and in a way that I mean, Juan Soto is also something special. But Acuna, uh, I think, is more fun to watch, or at least more obvious to watch. But I also what I really like about the Braves is that they are a team that puts strikes in play that is a, a team that as as hitters they they hunt strikes and uh it's a little bit of a different it's, it's not i mean it's not every guy but it's a little bit of a different team team-wide philosophy than we're used to and uh it just feels to me like when i watch a braves game it clicks along it's uh, there's things happening it um hannah hannah the two-year-old would like braves games you know what i mean <laughs> Mm-hmm. I really like Freddie Freeman. I've I've thought that I want to spend like three weeks on Freddie Freeman and just watch every at bat and then write about him because he's he's also like he's I feel like Freddie Freeman is in a lot of ways the inverse of Joey Votto, but every bit as in control of his game as Joey Votto. And I really like watching his at bats. They feel very purposeful and in a very different way. So I like watching the Braves bat. I I'm not that into Braves pitching to be honest uh, as yeah. a as a fun thing. But the the fifteenth pick, I can't believe it. Ronald Acuna made it to the fifteenth pick. I yeah, think, I don't think the Braves are super into Braves pitching either. In fairness, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, being Donaldson, sassy, Tyler Flowers. Yeah, the Josh Donaldson's on the Braves. I'm going to forget that the whole freaking year. Pitching staff is a total enigma to me. I don't know what to make of them. But yeah, a lot of young guys it's, though. It's fun, right? Guys. It's fun in that they're all young and they're all fairly recent arrivals for the most part, and so they they could be something. So there's promise at least. All right, so we are halfway through the teams in baseball, and we are more than an hour into this episode. So we're going to speed up. We're just going to fast forward through these picks and justify them a little less than than we have been. Or not at all. Yeah, or not at all. All right, so my next pick, I think I will take Cleveland. I guess I'll take Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, I had them 17th, so that's yeah, about right. I had around them 16th. Here. Yeah, Lindor is the most fun player. So a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, they would have been higher. When I mean, they have. Re- <laughs> I know that the stats aren't aren't real until uh, maybe they are real, but we're overreacting to early season stuff. But mm-hmm. Cleveland's fun stats have definitely taken a hit. Yeah, yeah. rotation's really good, really top good. to bottom. Yeah, so yeah. that's something. Yeah. All right. Wow, I can't believe I got to start. So I'm taking the the A's. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the A's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Matt Chapman. Yeah, yeah. he's quite fun. And Loriano throws the ball. Oh my goodness, so much fun! Mm-hmm. And some members of their rotation who are hurt will be fun once they're not hurt. And uh, Trinan's fun when he's not um, giving up walk off walks to Jose Altuve, and sometimes even when he is. So they're they're my pick. 
I had them right. 16th, so they, they were also in just the right spot for me. But I don't like turning on a game and not being sure whether Edwin Jackson is on the roster or not. Like There's just <laughs> something about the A's that's it's like looming threat of Edwin Jackson. You could feel that way about every baseball game, really. <laughs> so. Where is he? I need, I need eyes on him at all times. Uh, all right. So uh, my next pick is the Reds. Mm-hmm. Uh, eh. <laughs> yep, yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Gosh, I guess I'll take the Cubs. Someone has to take the Cubs, right? I, I had them. They were my second to next. I had yeah. them 18th. I had them I mean, 23rd. Off the field, probably the least fun team. Not fun at all. No. no, terribly unfun. But on the field, well, not all that fun either. <laughs> but <laughs> more fun than the other remaining teams, I guess. I really do like watching Rizzo play. And I, yeah. Rizzo, Rizzo, I, I've said this, I'm like five years late on, not, not late because I've been repeating it for five years, but everybody's bored of this now. But Rizzo fielding a sacrifice bunt is to me still like a top five thing in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. Like when he comes in and he's like standing in the left-handed batter's box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Sobrist is still sort of residually fun, and Chris Bryant is fun. Javi Baez is fun. So, mm-hmm. yeah, All right. there's some guys. All right. I'm taking I'm taking the Blue Jays because Vlad mm-hmm. uh, will be up at some point. But he's not. And Bo will be up at some point. He's also not. But, doesn't, uh, it make, doesn't it make the Blue Jays even less fun, though, that they're not up? Yeah, but um, like, what are we talking about at this point? You yeah, know, we're in yeah. <laughs> we're in that range, and uh, I have now acquired uh, Corinne's team and Dave's team and Carson's team, and I guess I've only lost out on uh, on uh, August and uh, Jeff's team. So it's not a complete set, but go go Fangraphs. I don't know. <laughs> Vlad's gonna be so fun. It'll make up for this, you know, three weeks or whatever. I, I didn't know this was a keeper league. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, it's a this season league. They'll be yeah. up this season. They'll so. be up this season. They'll be up this yeah. this year. As soon as Vlad's better, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, my next team is the Rangers, whose lineup I think is generally fairly fun and extremely young. I think they had this. I think they had the youngest, maybe the second youngest lineup last year. And a lot of guys weren't that good, but they were young, and I think they still might be. I really like Nomar Mazzara. Their pitching staff is as unfun as it gets. Their starting pitching staff, I mean, those guys are neither good nor novel. Um, but, you know, you take what you get. I like the lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gallo's really fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe better now. We'll see. So I think I like the value I'm getting here. I'm taking the White Sox with my next pick, and uh, I think the White Sox are a fairly fun team. Just, you know, they're like the Padres, but less promising. They were like like the, <laughs> <laughs> the Padres, like, you know, they had the prospects and the prospects got there and then they didn't all get good all at once, but they still might. And so like it, when Yohan Moncada's off to a really nice start, that's interesting. Or like Tim Anderson's kind of fun. And it's interesting, I guess, to see like, will Giolito be any good? Will Carlos Rodon be any good? Ronaldo Lopez, all this, all these guys who were we're supposed to be good who better be good if the White Sox are going to be good you get to find out if they'll be good and of course Aloy Jimenez is there too so that's kind of also fun no strikes though that's a strike unthrowing team yeah can we go back to the Rangers really quick sorry no I'm not helping Joey Gallo is fourth in baseball right now in terms of walk rate yeah and his walk rate and his strikeout rate are identical yeah, they're both twenty six point three. Wow, we, just, we needed to remark on that for a moment because, like, that's 
freaking crazy for Joey yeah. Gallo. So that's well, a fun Joey Gallo fact from media. It is. Although mm-hmm. I remember a, a Fangrass post last year from Jeff yeah. in late April, too. the astonishing yeah. development yes. of Joey Gallo, and yes. uh, he ceased to astonish. Yes, it will likely that. not sustain, but uh, for today, that is our fun Joey Gallo fact. Why yeah. do we all remember that Joey Gallo post? <laughs> Jeff wrote four articles that day. Why did that one stand out? I remember that one, too. I could I probably too. recite it. Well. He's he's usually so prescient about things that yeah. when someone doesn't continue to be good after one of his posts, I remember it. Also, I just like Gallo, so I pay attention to Gallo. Yeah. One time I tried to find a post of Jeff predicting something that turned out embarrassingly wrong, and I ended up in like 2009 Mariners posts trying to find <laughs> something. And like, it's hard. He's He's got, got a good a record. Yeah. I tease him about from time to time. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mike Trout has walked only just slightly under a percentage point less often and has a 7% strikeout rate. God, Mike Trout's great. <laughs> Amazing. You guys, Mike Trout's really good at baseball. It's Most fun. watchable team in baseball, He's really. Fun. Most fun. fun fact. Yeah. Although you know things are weird when Tim Anderson has a higher WRC plus than Mike Trout does. Anyway, <laughs> yep. fun facts. All right, you're up. Oh, I'm up. Oh crap. <laughs> I'm taking. Wait, Ben took the White Sox. Okay, I'm I'm taking notes as we go. Uh, I guess I'm gonna take. I don't feel great about this. This feels like a very homer pick, but I'm going to do it anyway. I guess I'm going to take the Mariners. The Mariners are not fun, despite all the home runs. This is like very early season mirage nonsense. But I think Kikuchi is legitimately fun to watch play baseball, so that's good. And Marco Gonzalez is fine. I watched him pitch live on Tuesday. That went well. They tried to make him go a complete game. That went almost less well, but it's fine now. And uh, let's see. What else do they have that's good? Uh, and I think the the young prospects are going to be really quite fun to watch. And I'm excited to hear uh, more about Julio Rodriguez, who is now stateside, so we can actually watch him on MILB TV. That's hard to say. I'm done now. I'm taking the Orioles mostly just to make a statement about the other teams. That are left. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, the thing about the Orioles is that there is something fun about seeing a team shoot for 130 losses. And then there is something interesting about watching that team go four and two or whatever to start the season. And uh, so as long as they're around 500, they'll be interesting. But they've kind of shot themselves in the foot 130 loss wise. And so this, this is a very short expiration date on my interest in the Orioles. But uh, I don't know. It's, no, 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 actually, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think I'll take the Diamondbacks. Uh, I, yeah. don't, I don't feel great about it, but I feel better about it than I would about <laughs> any of these other teams. I, I mean, had them 28. At least you get Granky. You get, gosh, I mean, Cattell Marte is kind of fun. Maybe Merrill Kelly. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> David Peralta, just as like an indie league guy who's been good. That's Maybe. old. That's yeah, too old. I know, but he's gotten better recently, so that's kind of fun. It's Slim Pickens, but I just, yeah, <laughs> Diamondbacks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Is it really me again? <laughs> Wait, Sam, yeah. what was your most recent one? The Orioles. Oh, that's right. I have it right here. Oh, I had 30th. Uh Crap. Um, I guess I'm taking the Pirates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm that taking... Was a, they were actually ahead of the Orioles on my list, but... Like I'm said, taking the Pirates. Yeah. Okay. I stopped getting in fights, but I'm taking the Pirates. Mm-hmm. I, you right. know, I for, when I was doing this, I forgot about Starling Marte, who I've always been a, a 
huge, huge fan of watching. Like physically, I he is my favorite physical, physical player, physical, physical baseballer. Like I just like him. His he's strong and fast. Mm-hmm. I like him. Always have. I'll pick the uh, I'll pick the Royals. They yeah, run a lot. Yeah. They sure do run. No, actually, <laughs> Montesi. Though, but Montesi, <laughs> I, I Montesi is a genuinely like potentially incredible player right now, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's happening. Like we're watching it happen. Um, yes. And and at the moment, at the moment, we got a half DiMaggio going. What doesn't Whit Merrifield have a twenty eight game hitting streak? Oh, does is he? that I real? Sh- Isn't that know. right? Oh, across seasons, right? But oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Doesn't it? It does. Does it not count? I think. It Are counts. we not counting it? I've been counting Tommy Fams too. Are we counts. counting Tommy? Okay, good. Yeah. It does. So it's still active, isn't it? Yeah, for 28, 28 games. So that's a thing. Would it be tarnished for you if he, uh, if the guy who matches or, or surpasses Dimaggio does it across seasons? Is that no? I think it's no. No, no not at all. Hmm. I think it's a little less impressive to me. It, in a way, it's. I don't know. You're just a different guy in those two seasons. And I think maybe the pressure of it building up within a single season might be, but I don't know. I guess the pressure doesn't start building until later in it anyway. So maybe it doesn't matter. I guess and it's why the wouldn't, same. Right, yeah. And why wouldn't it be more pressure? Because you've had, you've had five months sitting on the pressure. Yeah, well, I mean, if you were at like 50 games or something and then yeah. the season ended yeah. and then you had the rest of the, that would be more impressive for sure. Yeah. I yeah. thought you were going to ask if it would be tarnished by it being Whit Merrifield. <laughs> and that's a fair, that's a reasonable question. Would it, yeah. when we said, when I said a couple weeks ago that a 57 game hitting streak is the most fun that baseball could offer right now, I wonder if that only applies if it were maybe one of two dozen players who mm-hmm. I think, you know, are, I, you know, like superstars. And, and I mean, I hate to say this, but, but kind of merit it. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. I do. I, I hate that I said it. <laughs> Feel bad. Yeah. Well, I, I was kind of the Royals guy before the season started and then they didn't run in spring training and they've kind of run like they're tied for the third most steals in baseball right now with eight. I don't know if they do it. If they start running, then they're fun. But if they don't, then they're extremely unfun. But there's the hope at least, and that's better than what we have left here. So, gosh, we have Giants, Marlins, and Tigers left on the oh board. Oh, my. Where do we go with Giants, Marlins, and Tigers? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think I'll take the Marlins just because I don't know who's on the Marlins. And so when I watch them, <laughs> it's kind of fun to find out <laughs> who's on them. So that's that's my rationale. <laughs> it's like a little surprise every time I, yeah. I tune in and it's like, oh, I've never heard of that guy. I, I'll look him up. I don't know why I've I've heard of fewer Marlins than I have. Obviously, like, you know, all the Giants because they're still hanging around from the good Giants teams. But, you know, like even the Tigers feel a little less anonymous to me than the Marlins do. And the Marlins are also in the NL East. And so they have some potential to be the terrible team of 2019. Like if if the Orioles are off to too good a start to challenge any records, Marlins are your best option. And they're in such a good division that they'll just be beaten up all year long. So there's potential for them to be the team that tests the lower bound this year. Uh, crap. Oh, Sam, I feel really mean because I'm going to take the Tigers. Uh huh. Well, I would have taken the I would have taken the Giants. 
Oh, but didn't you have you you struggled so mightily to find something interesting to say about that? I did. You're right. Meg knows this. I I'm sorry. I'm revealing all sorts of things. I'm being especially mean. Terrible. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, should I tell this story? Yeah. I, sure. had, I had to write something, and basically, I had to write a fun fact about every team for the opening day package, and I. The first, you know, the first 29, the first 20 teams took, you know, whatever X period of time. And then the next nine took also X period of time where X is the same across because it got harder. And then the Giants also took X <laughs> and I Meg was watching me for like literal hours, literal hours trying to find something that I thought was fun. <laughs> <laughs> not not fun about the team, but a fun fact about the team. It was a very difficult time, and so so it's true. They are not the most fun fact team. No, um, but I, I you know why they're twenty ninth over the Tigers at thirtieth for me is this is this is not a fair re- this is not a reason that anybody should care about. But they play on the West Coast, which sure. means that um, mm-hmm. they're more likely to be the only game going. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. grateful for those games. Yeah. I was gonna pick the Tigers because uh, we'll see here. I'll, I'll I'll pay back a little of my um, meanness in in kindness, which is to say that I think one of my favorite things uh, I've read on baseball internet in the last couple of years was when you wrote about Josh Harrison and pickles. That was you, oh, right? Yeah, yeah about yeah. Josh Harrison. Yeah, I'm remembering all the essential facts of that story correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh Harrison's on the Tigers now, mm-hmm. so and he's gonna get a lot of played appearances. You know, because they're really bad and he's fine. So that's a reason that I'm excited. And I guess it continues to be fascinating that Gordon Beckham has a major league job. So that's a thing to look at. And I guess I like designated hitters as a position. And that's basically all the Tigers roster is, is a bunch of designated hitters playing out of position by playing one at all. So I guess that's why I'm doing it. And uh, I don't know. I'm from Seattle, and Matt Boyd's from the Greater Seattle area. So there you go. Those are my reasons. All right. And I'm I'm taking the Giants, and I would uh, just like to say that I've thought about it in the last four minutes, and I have decided that I completely 100% reject the concept that only some players merit a record of such stature as the hit record, and I would ex- be extremely welcoming of any player. Uh, including Whit Merrifield, who is an extremely good ball player and worthy of everything he accomplishes. Aww. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a lot of enjoyment out of Orlando Cabrera's assault on, on the on-base streak. So in a way, it's more fun if someone completely improbable does it. You know, if uh, I mean, I'm to the point where I'm watching the Tommy Pham record. I mean, it is reached oh, yeah. watch it, watch yeah. it status. I don't know if he did it today, so I guess I didn't watch. Mm. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, that's my team, the Rays. They're fun for that, <laughs> for that reason. Fun. I like Pham. Pham did. Pham got on base. You know, Fam's got a 640 OPS. Too. Should I? I'll I'll see who picked what teams, and maybe we can put this up to a vote. See what people think. Who got the most fun team or yeah. selection of teams? I've recorded all of our selections. Yeah, me too. Sweet. And we all have ten based on my sheet, so I think we we did it right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's let's poll the listeners. See who got the most fun assortment of teams. All right. Okay. That was fun. This was a fun episode. That was fun. Yeah. 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 Okay. Every time I do a all 30 teams article, I'm just reminded anew how many teams there are. It's a lot of teams. 30. So many teams. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But we did it. That was fun. Thanks, you guys. Thanks yep. for, Meg, thanks for coming. Oh, yeah. it was my pleasure. All right. Okay. Ben, mm-hmm. thanks for pulling this together, too. <laughs> did I? Well, you sent out the, 
the podcast link. And that's true. You yeah. kept the podcast going while I was away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You kept okay. me going at episode 300 when I said that was enough. <laughs> yep. And here you are, almost 1,400. You yeah. love it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Talk to you both later this week. All right. See ya. Bye. Okay, so that will do it for today. I will link to the sheet with the 10 teams that each of us drafted from the show page and in the Facebook group. And I'll put a poll up about this, which I will also link to. By the way, if anyone had trouble listening to 1359, we had an issue uploading on a hotel Wi-Fi network, and evidently there were some skips from time to time in the episode. Should be fixed now, so if you delete and re-download, it should be okay now. Thanks to those of you who let me know. You can support the podcast on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash effectivelywild. The following five listeners have already done so. Martin A. Miller, Jesse R., Stephen Dennison, John Gallo, and Jason Seidzik. Thanks to all of you. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Effectively Wild. And you can rate and review and subscribe to Effectively Wild on iTunes and other podcast platforms. Tell a friend. Word of mouth helps us too. Keep your questions and comments coming for me and Meg and Sam via email at podcast.fangraphs.com or via the Patreon messaging system if you're a supporter. Thanks to Dylan Higgins for his editing assistance. You can pre-order my book, The MVP Machine. It's about the ongoing revolution in player development. Your pre-orders really help us. And I'll be back next time with Sam, followed by another episode with Meg. So I'll talk to you then. I'm gonna need a three, two, one. <laughs> three, two, one. <laughs> Good morning. I'm hearing it. I gotta switch headphones. I'm hearing an echo. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, no. I'll be right mm. back. Okay. Ben, how was your weekend? I can still uh, hear you. <laughs> <laughs>